So, what do you think of when you hear the word saint? That's kind of what Bob was getting at in the children's message here. Um, Because even though, well, you were all children once, uh, I think that we all kind of carry these preconceived notions of what it means to be a saint. And maybe when you hear the word saint, you think of, uh, of these guys. You know, the 12 apostles, you know, Saint Peter, Saint Matthew, you know, and these guys who, you know, they went out and they shared the gospel. They were those first followers of Jesus who proclaimed the word of God around the world. Or maybe, maybe you think of Saint Mary. There are an awful lot of churches that bear her name, right? And, uh, you know, and Christmas is coming. And so maybe you're starting to get your mind in that direction, just like Target and Walmart and all the other stores are, although I doubt that they're really thinking about St. Mary. I suspect they're thinking about St. Dollar. Uh, Or maybe, maybe you think about the heroes of the faith. You know, so maybe you think in the Old Testament, people like Ruth and David and and Moses. Or, Or maybe you think through history, people like, you know, last week was Reformation. Maybe you think of like Martin Luther or, or a Joan of Arc or a Francis of Assisi, somebody like that, when you hear the word saint. Or, you know, maybe, maybe you're a little bit more modern in your thinking. You think of somebody like Mother Teresa, somebody who is out there and engaging the world in the name of Jesus. That's what she did before she died. And, you know, was a messenger of Jesus, but also somebody who met people in their need and, and you know, cared for others and, and did that type of work. But when it comes down to it, the, the name saint really just means holy one. You know, all, all those times that it says saint in your, your, your Bible, it means holy one. And I think that the image that the scriptures present of, to us of what it means to be a saint is really nicely wrapped up in our reading from Revelation when John is speaking to this angel and the angel asks him, who are these? And, and John's like, I don't know. Sir, you must know. These are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Which is kind of a strange image, right? That our robes become white in the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb that is Jesus. The Lamb of God who who takes away the sin of the world. But in the scriptures, it's really clear that the only thing that washes away the stain of sin is blood. And in the Old Testament, they offered lambs and bulls and other animals. And when they offered those offerings to God, their sins were washed away. But a greater offering has been sacrificed for us. Jesus has come and he gave his own blood so that all who believe in him can be washed. All can be forgiven in his blood. And friends... That is what it means to be a saint. That is the true mark of saintliness. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It says in 1 John 1, verse 7. And this is what it means to be holy. Not that that we go out and, and do these things that would make God look at us and say, hey, that guy's holy, or that lady's holy. Look at all the things that she does. No. It's that God looks at us and sees us washed in Jesus' blood, and then he declares us to be holy. 
It's a holiness that comes from the outside. It's not something that's inherently within us. It is something that comes to us freely and completely as a gift that's received by faith. And if it's received by faith, that means you can't really see it, can you? How many of you, when you go home, you look in the mirror and you're like, man, look at that saint. Look at that holy one. Yeah, I mean, when I look in the mirror, I, I see the things I do wrong. I see my sin. I recognize where I fall short of the glory of God over and over and over again. But when God looks, he declares forgiven. And that's when we look in the mirror and we have to trust what God says over what our eyes tell us. That we hold on to his promise that Jesus' blood cleanses us of our sins and makes us holy. But what about the rest of my life? All those things that I see that are, are sin where I fall short, do they not matter anymore? I'm not saying that. I am saying that in terms of your salvation, there's nothing you can do. It's completely and totally a free gift that God gives you. But you know what? That free gift changes a person. It impacts our lives. You know, I think sometimes they come to fit, people come to faith and, and they look at themselves years later and they I thought I would be a better person by now. But that's not how it works. We, we continue to trust. We continue to live in, in forgiveness. And I think that really if we were to ask ourselves, am I a better person now than the day that I came to faith? Uh, there would be a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. A little bit of no in the sense that we are all sinners, that we all fall short of the glory of God, that, that we, we see our sinfulness in ourselves. And that's why it's so important to remember that the mark of saintliness is not what I do or what you do. It's what God has done. It's what Jesus has done. But as that forgiveness changes us, we were reminded in 1 John 3, verse 3 this morning, that everyone who hopes in Jesus purifies himself as he is pure. It means that there is a call to live like a saint. To live like a holy one. To fake it till you make it. To make the choices that sometimes you don't feel like making because you know that this gives God glory. Even if I don't like doing it. That's part of the Christian life. Wait, isn't that hypocritical? Welcome to the club. Because that's, that's just how we all live. And there will be moments that, that it feels natural, it feels good to do what God calls us to do. But that old sinful nature, it continues to rebel and it continues to struggle. You know, and as I look back across my own life, I just told you, I look at the mirror, I see everything I do wrong. But sometimes I look and, and I, I see where God has worked in me to shave off some of those hard edges, those rough spots. I'm less judgmental than I was when I was younger. I think I'm more humble. I don't say that boastfully. Because <laughs> it's not enough of either one. But Jesus' forgiveness impacts us. 
when we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit goes to work in our lives. And he keeps that faith alive in us. And he works to, to shape us so that our lives reflect Jesus. So we had this reading from Matthew chapter 5. You know, Jesus talks about what it means to be blessed. We call them the Beatitudes. And I've heard so many people say, well, they're the Beatitudes because that's how we're supposed to be. There's our Beatitudes. No. <laughs> it comes from the Latin, what it means to be blessed. Okay? A Beatitude is a blessing. Okay? And so what does being blessed look like? Well, what Jesus is actually doing there is not prescribing, this is how you live your life now. He's describing the change that takes place in us when we live in his forgiveness. When we live as people who are not marked by, look at me and how good I am, but marked by, I'm a poor, miserable sinner who has been declared holy and washed in Jesus' blood. And so he starts out, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And by the way, when I say blessed are the poor in spirit, how many of you are thinking blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the way you're supposed to say it. Yeah. I had a hard time actually reading that that way. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, why would we be poor in spirit? Because we know our sin. And we, we're not proud or puffed up, but we're completely and totally relying on Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn. Because the brokenness of a sinful world brings pain and it brings sorrow into our lives. And we know where we can find our comfort in the risen Christ. Blessed are the meek. You know, in this world, we, we often equate meek with weak. But that's the wrong, wrong image. It's blessed are the gentle. Blessed are the considerate. Why? Because we know our own sin. And that allows us to be sympathetic with other people in their sin. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because what else would we want and God's righteousness in our lives to transform us, to shape us. Blessed are the merciful, because we are people who have received mercy and continue to receive it. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Because when you live the faith, you will live differently than the world, and they will notice and sometimes they will rejoice in that difference, and other times they will hate it. And we have a choice to make of which is more important, to be comfortable in this world or to live for our Savior and to live as his holy ones. But none of these things make you a saint. None of these things get you into heaven. Only the blood of Jesus does that. Only Jesus' forgiveness opens paradise. So when you look for the true mark of saintliness, it's there on the screen in front of you. It's the cross where your sins are forgiven. We have this, uh, this holiday every year. November 1st, All Saints Day. Um, we call it a holiday. Holiday comes from Holy Day, right? And we remember 
on that day the ultimate impact of Jesus' forgiveness. All Saints Day reminds us that, that there are those who have come out of the struggles of, of life. They're no longer dealing with the trials of life. They've walked by faith, and now they live by sight. They've come out of the great tribulation. Everybody reads that, oh, that's the great tribulation. That's life. It's just life. They've come out of the great tribulation, and they have been washed in Jesus' blood. And they're now waiting for Jesus to return on the last day. The day when Jesus you know, will have his spirit raise all the dead, some to eternal glory and others, those who refuse him to eternal damnation, or as we often say, to heaven and to hell. It is a day to remember what is at stake. A day to remember that this faith is all about what God is doing for us. And it's all about God's desire to save sinners. It's a day to remember that he gave Jesus to redeem us, to buy us back. And that Jesus came and he died on the cross to atone for our sins, all of our wrongs. We receive that forgiveness by faith, trusting in Jesus as our Savior. And we want everyone, everyone, to have that salvation. That's what love is. It's not necessarily just being nice to everyone. It's wanting God's salvation for people. The redemption from their sin. And the only way to get that is to believe in Jesus, which means that it's imperative for us to share this message, to share this hope that we have. So you've got your little you know, note on your you know, bulletin there. Turn it in. Go to dinner. Share your faith. Look for those opportunities. Take those cards. Share them with people. Have conversations with others. Talk about why you believe what you believe. Share the hope that you have in Jesus. And All Saints Day is a, it's a day to remember those who have died in faith before us. If you go down the hallway, there are pictures and there are mementos of people who have gone in the faith before us. I encourage you to go down to look at them, to read them, to remember. There are people that you know there. Some of them you know because you put their picture there. And others are people that we know because they're part of this family of faith who have heard that call to go and to be with Jesus and who now rest from their labors. It's a day to remember not just those people, though. I'm not saying we don't because it's important. But it's also a day to remember God's mercy and God's faithfulness. For we all continue to walk in this great tribulation. Even though our robes are white and they, they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And we look forward to the day when we'll see our loved ones. But even more importantly than that, we're going to see Jesus. 
Stop and think about that for a second. I mean, I, I look forward to seeing my dad again. I look forward to meeting my grandpa who died before I was born. You know, these loved ones who have gone before us in the faith, who, who have impacted us so greatly, I look forward to seeing them. But we're going to see Jesus, our Savior, the one who actually died for us and rose for us so that we could be there, so that we could know God's love. And in that moment, God will wipe every tear from our eyes. Amen.